episode 14 of the three cores politics podcast i'm hills and i'm josh and we have a very fun episode for you today so for your appetizer we're gonna do an impeachment update a trump impeachment update if you will <laughs> and we're gonna tell you what happened why does it matter and what comes next because there's always something that comes next for your entree, we're going to go deep into the Democratic primary. We're going to do a little debate recap, and then we're going to do a comprehensive review of where the candidates stand and where we stand. And for your side dish, we're going to talk about Hunter Biden. You, oh, God. Yeah, if, if you don't know a lot about Hunter Biden right now, you better strap yourself in when we talk about that. Um, also, probably not. Uh, if you're listening with kids, if you have kids, if anyone listens with kids, you might want to skip the section if you uh, have that on speaker. Uh, and your dessert, we are going to have a very fun dessert about we're going to predict who each of the leading candidates are going to pick as their vice presidential choice. So we have a jam-packed episode today. Uh, you have any thoughts, Josh? A lot of stuff to cover. A lot of fun stuff. Episode 14, people thought we wouldn't get here, and here we are. They were saying we wouldn't get here. And the last thing is, uh, again, are you registered to vote? Are you not sure if you're registered to vote? Go to vote.org right now. Pause the podcast. We'll still be here. Please make sure you're registered to vote. A lot of states, if you have been inactive, purge their voter rolls the year before the election, the summer before the election. So please make sure you're registered and you're current or else you will not be able to vote in 2020, and we do not want that. So please register to vote. Hills, I have a fun fact about being registered to vote. Over the Thanksgiving break, my cousin was unsure if she was registered to vote. I had her go to vote.org, put in her information, and turns out she was registered to vote. So there you go. It's that easy. It took her approximately 35 seconds. See, Josh, you are a great citizen of this country. You, uh, and that is a great model. See, it took 35 seconds. Josh did it with his cousin. Cousin was registered and ready to vote Democrat, right? There you go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay, good. Okay. (laughs) Well, uh, Josh has thought of a fantastic pre-dinner shot question. I didn't get it right the first three times I guessed it. So um, (laughs) that's going to come up right now. Right, your pre-dinner shot is a tough one. Like we said in the intro, Hill's got it wrong the first three times he tried. So hopefully you can do better than that. I'm read the question twice, and we will answer this question at the end of the pod. So here's your pre-dinner shot question. Who was the last president to lose both the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary, but still go on to be the, the nominee for their party. So we're talking Democrat or Republican. Who was the last president to lose both the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary and still go on to be the nominee for their party? Think about it. Maybe do some slight research uh, and we'll tell you at the end of the pod. 
You're gonna you're gonna need to guess more than three times for this one, cause uh, this one this one's a real tough one. It's toughy. It's not who you might think. So, uh, your appetizer is coming up next. All right, everybody, we have a very juicy appetizer on uh, Trump impeachment update. Uh, so there's been a lot of news, there's been a lot of hearings, and there's been a lot that's happened. So what has happened in the last couple of weeks on Trump impeachment? Well, everyone under the sun says it was a quid pro quo. Gordon Sondland, who is the EU amba- the ambassador to the EU, and Ukraine is not in the EU, so it was even weirder why Gordon Sondland, EU ambassador, and millionaire Trump supporter uh, was involved with Ukraine, literally said in front of the committee, it was a quid pro quo and everyone was involved. <laughs> he said everyone was lived in. Oh, yeah. Right, Josh? That's what he said. And that was pretty, pretty spectacular. There's this wonderful photo of Gordon Sondland looking at the camera with like a little smirk on his face. And I've seen the memes of there's this also from years ago, this little girl with a little smirk on her face. And, like, there's a fire behind her that looks like she started the fire. Um, <laughs> it's really good. Maybe I'll find it and put it in the show notes. Um, oh, I need to find it now. Anyway, uh, it was an explosive hearing. Everyone was involved. Um, and I'm sure this will give fodder for more um, uh, subpoenas from the Democrats. In addition, Fiona Hill, who is a diplomat, said that she was pressured to leave because she wouldn't press Ukraine on... Um, you know, wouldn't press Ukraine on the things that Trump wanted and uh, stood in the way of Giuliani conducting his backwater diplomacy and Giuliani, who's an old, old, old man who is losing it, conducting foreign policy on behalf of the United States and basically for Trump is just a big no-no. Um, and at the end of the Gordon Sondland hearing, Devin Nunes had this, I'll put this in the show notes too, this, uh, he, he looked, he had this face of disgust that he looked at his fellow Republican colleague and uh, and just was like, well, can't do anything about that. Well, we're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, that's exactly the face it was. It was a, well, we're screwed. Um, so hearings wrapped up on the House Intelligence Committee. Did you, they're going to be just breaking news last night. They're going to probably review the report that came out of these hearings and probably pass it along to the House Judiciary Committee uh, to hold some hearings, but likely they will be drafting articles of impeachment. And remember, articles of impeachment are like indictments from the House. Removal comes in the Senate. So if you if you need a you need a quick refresher on impeachment, go back to our episode. I think it's eleven or twelve, and it's Trump impeachment, and we explain everything about impeachment. Yeah, um, I think that the other thing to remind people of is that these people are all. Um, they're all career diplomats and people who work at the State Department. These are not, you know, cronies that the Democrats have, you know, found in the dark portions of the deep state or anything. Gordon Sondland was picked by Trump. He donated a a million dollars to the Trump campaign. So, you know, that's not someone who, you know, is, you know, trying to run the deep deep state. That's someone who, you know, saw what was happening, realized how bad it was, and decided to say, to say something. 
You know what I mean? These are not people who have it in for Trump. These are career, you know, people who work at the State Department who were so disturbed by what they were seeing, they felt the need to speak up. And also important to remember is that people like uh, Rudy Giuliani, people like John Bolton, people like Mick Mulvaney, the second, the, um, he's uh, Trump's um, White House chief, chief of staff, those people weren't allowed to testify. Um, so, you know, a lot has happened, and none of it was good for Trump, so... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Gordon Sondland's lawyer was like, hey, man, do you want to go to jail? And he's like, no, because I'm a millionaire and I really <laughs> don't. And he's like, okay, so you have to tell everything you know and you'll yep. be fine. <laughs> and that's exactly mm-hmm. what he did. Saved yep, his own ass. Sure did. So, oh, <laughs> and why does it matter? So uh, rant is for a couple of reasons. Uh, the Democrats have presented a strong narrative and evidence uh, that Trump held up aid to Ukraine for political purposes, which is a crime. You're not... Is, it's not you're not supposed to do that that's a crime doesn't matter if you don't think it's a crime it's a crime so it doesn't matter if that's what the law says uh there's new reporting that came out last week from the new york times that once and the washington post that once he knew uh once trump got word that there was a whistleblower on this matter he released the aid it was literally the same day the same day that he was alerted that there was a whistleblower complaint about this he released the aid it was like a kid getting caught like See, I didn't do anything. See, it was just happened to be on the same day. I mean, <laughs> no words, right? You need more evidence of that he did this. This is exactly why. Um, the Senate trial is nearing. That means the Senate is going to try the president and see if they remove him from office. Um, and the Senate is held by the GOP, so it will not be as easy. The Supreme Court is deciding on Trump's taxes, whether a sitting president can be forced to show his taxes because of an unrelated criminal matter from the state. Um, it's going to be huge no matter what. I mean, his taxes can blow open everything, um, his tax returns. And, um, you know, the last thing, polling has been spotty on this issue. Uh, some people who really hate Trump, like the, the su- support levels for impeachment are like, it's like 53, 40-something, which is the highest it's been for in any impeachment in we have records on, which there's been two or three of them. Um, but other in other key states like Wisconsin, um, you know, some people don't support impeachment. Uh, they support President Trump. And that's it just shows that there's too much noise to change the minds in key states about impeachment. And that what we're going to have to do is win them on votes, on the, the, the meat and potatoes, like why should they vote for a Democrat? And impeachment probably won't move them. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to just talk about was, um, that, you know, Trump held up the aid, which is a crime. Um, but, you know, Republicans will will make the argument that the aid got to Ukraine in the first place, which is true. You know, we, Ukraine did get the aid eventually, but just because, you know, something eventually, just because the crime failed, doesn't mean that it's not a crime, you know, like Trump, <laughs> Trump tried to do it. And then, like you said, he got caught. He's like, oh, okay, well, well, fine. Here's, here's the aid. And all the, all the members of the GOP are like, well, see, Ukraine got the aid, so it's fine. And like, no, just because you attempted a crime and you failed at attempting the crime does not mean that it's not a crime. Just because you try to rob a bank 
and you don't get all the money and you, you know, and, and then the cops can be like, see, we didn't take it. Any money doesn't mean that you didn't actually still commit a crime. It's so stupid. <laughs> Josh, I was literally thinking the same analogy as oh. you. What? <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> I, <clears throat> hey, Mr. I didn't steal any money, see, but you, you held up the entire bank. I didn't steal anything, though, so you can't do anything. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. And, you know, this just shows, if, if you haven't already noticed, that the Republican Party is just completely out of they have no there's no moral guiding or compass anything they say and do doesn't matter doesn't matter what the democrats do they will say the opposite and hone you on it so like um we just have to beat trump on the issues honestly and that's always what we had to do but it seems really evident that that's what's really gonna have to do it um so quickly what comes next for this so we hinted at it a little bit the Senate trial is going to be coming probably in December or January, and Josh made a very good point last episode. Um, uh, it depends on how long the Senate's in session for. McConnell can hold this trial for weeks, and that has an adverse effect on the senators running for president, which are Warren, Bernie, Booker, Klobuchar. Uh, I think Bennett's oh, still running. Oh, he's still in the race. You have Harris. Oh, he's, he's barely. You have Harris still there. Um, in the race, who might be out soon, but um, it all—they're going to have to be in Washington for this entire time, and they cannot be campaigning. So watch for that. Um, and again, the Supreme Court is going to decide on Trump's tax returns, which um, could really change impeachment, Trump impeachment, um, for better or hopefully not for worse, but for better for us. So, uh, Josh, do you think I missed anything? No, I think we got it all covered. It should be a a, a very interesting. Uh, end of the month, beginning of 2020, to see where things go. I would just add that I think Trump has said that he wants to have a full-time, like a full Senate trial, because he knows the Senate's not going to convict him. Um, he's got too many buddies on the Senate. He, he was having lunch with Romney and Graham and all those people. People are going to be members of the jury. He was having lunch with them the other day. So Trump knows that they're not going to convict him. I think he's trying to look at people like Warren and Bernie and be like, how can I hurt those two frontrunners of the of the Democratic Party? And I can hurt them by not letting them get to Iowa or New Hampshire uh, because you're, you're not allowed to when you're in the middle of this uh, impeachment. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think that's a Mitt Romney, man. I think that's a really good point. You know, honestly, in past decades... Uh, I think I think what we're seeing with Trump is there like a rebalancing of the relationship with Congress. Um, in the past, presidents have had to really smooth with Congress to get anything done. But Trump has literally not had to do anything because of the way everything works in 2019. And he's been able to do stuff without actually smoothing or like being buddy buddies with people in Congress. Like usually you had to do something for the representatives and they were like, eh, I may help you, I may not. Right. Like he's having lunch with people who he's never really spoken with other than Graham. Like he doesn't speak with Romney. He berates him on Twitter. But now he's like trying to cozy up with them in a fake relationship to try not to get it removed. But like in the previous point, you would have had to do that for years. These senators wouldn't have cared who you are. But um, it just shows how how much the Republican Party is now Trump's party. Yeah. 
Uh, well, we're going to have a uh, much hopeful, much hopeful entree for you. We're going to go into the Democrats, who's up, who's down, and um, who's kicking butt. Um, and uh, we'll stick around. We'll have it for you right now. All right. So we are in the entree, the meat and potato section, if you will. And we're going to go through the 10 candidates who were on the stage uh, in November, last debate, and uh, figure out uh, how they did. So we're going to start at the edge of the stage and work our way in. So I'm going to start with Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, Tulsi Gabbard. She is the representative from, from Hawaii. And I hate Tulsi Gabbard. I just hate her so much. She basically is the Trump talking points of the Democratic Party. She goes up there and she's bashing Hillary. She's trying to take sw swings at Kamala and Pete. And they just just blow her out of the fucking water. And it was great. I hate Tulsi Gabbard. Um, I don't think she did anything to help herself. I don't think Democrats like her. Her main support is white men, just like the Trump section does. Um... But they just like her because she's attractive. Um, and that's it. And it's stupid. And she's a horrible, horrible candidate. She would never in a million years make this uh, primary. And I hope she is finally gone for good. I hope I hope 2020 is a year of no Gabbard. <laughs> so. I like that tagline. Hashtag no Gabbard. <laughs> yeah, Gabbard. So, yeah. Gabbard's so bad. Um uh, next up, we have Tom Steyer. Tom Steyer is a billionaire um, Democrat from California. Um, he's very progressive. Uh, I mean, I don't think Steyer did what he needed to do on the stage. I think some people like him because they see him in the ads that he spent millions of dollars on to impeach Trump. But I honestly don't think he did what he needed to do. I think what he needed to do was come out, um, be forceful, show why he, why people actually like him or why he should be up there. And I don't think he, I don't think he did that. I think he just had a, you know, he got an average amount of speaking time. I don't think people really understood why he was there or who he is. So going forward, I think he really needs to take command of the stage. Um, but he had a mediocre night, in my opinion. Yeah, I think um, Tom Steyer was a little scary. The way that he just like looked at the camera and never broke eyes with the camera. Um, so that, that wasn't great. If you want to see a really funny Tom Steyer impression... Go watch SNL from last Saturday, and Will Ferrell does a hysterical impression of Tom Steyer. It's very funny. Um, moving right along, next is Andrew Yang, the Yang Gang, as we like to call Hashtag them. Hashtag Yang Gang. <laughs> um, you know, Andrew Yang, he he did fine. He has these moments every debate where he, uh, you know, his uh, supporters love him, and he kind of makes you like, oh, okay, like. That's not a terrible idea. Uh, Andrew Yang is in the middle of a feud with uh, MSNBC, where they were putting candidates on like when to like where they were, and he's at three percent, four percent in a lot of polls. He hasn't qualified for the December debate yet, but he's close. Um, and they were uh, th these polls. They had all these people, including Mike Bloomberg, who was at like one percent or something, and uh, Yang was not up there at all. So he had this whole thing about how he didn't need, you know, that news and blah, blah, blah. And then CNN reached out and they were like, you're welcome on our show anytime. 
And now he goes on CNN a, a lot. He's on CNN a lot. Um, do I think he's a long-term candidate? No. He'll probably make the uh, December debate. Uh, but I've told Hills this once, and I'll tell all of you. Whenever Yang drops out, uh, candidates are going to be reaching to bring him in because the Yang gang is real. He's got a lot of people who love him. And when he drops out, it's going to be a big deal. So be on the lookout for that Yang 2020 endorsement. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm having a few with MSNBC too. I'm only appearing on uh, CNN. Uh, Telemundo as well. I think that was good, Josh. I think you you, you summed it up pretty well. Uh, Booker, 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 Booker. Oh, man, what a fall from grace Booker has. <laughs> um, you know, he seems to do well almost every debate. He seems to have his good one-lines. People, you know, I used to like him a lot, but he's not, he, he's not breaking through. The debate performances are not breaking through for Booker. And uh, he's still, he's, you know, a couple percentages in the poll. I don't believe he qualified for the December debate yet, and I doubt he might. Um, and, you know, I think it was a fact that he's not presenting a vision that is different from any of the other people who has have caught on. There still might be time of a surge. I mean, Warren had her surge. Pete is having his surge. Um, so there might be a time where he, he gets there, but honestly, I think Booker is pretty toast, and I think it had to do with the mixed messages that came from his campaign at the beginning and the fact that he's not different than the other ones on the stage. So, so you got to do in when 25 people run. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I also think at the end of the debate, it kind of showed, um, he was like, you know, if you think I deserve to be on this debate stage and donate to my campaign, go to coreybooker.com. And, you know, when you have to do some kind of last pitch effort, it doesn't really, always end well and plus he came up with a new ad where he kind of like takes swipes at pete in a not so great way he's like we all know this mayor and this road scott and then it's like not that guy this guy goes to cory booker and you know that just that kind of goes away from his central uh theme of you know love and bringing america together and that kind of stuff and he does have these great one-liners i think he has strong debates but i think there's too many people in uh, the race for him to actually make any kind of an impact. Yeah, I so. completely agree. Moving on to uh, Amy Klobuchar. Um, I thought Amy Klobuchar had a really strong debate. I think the last debate was probably her best. Um, she has qualified for the next debate, um, which is good for her. Um, her path is pretty simple. She thinks if you think that Biden is not the right candidate for you, and you're worried that Bernie and Warren are too extreme, then I'm a Midwest senator who's won uh, in every election I've been in. So she's looking for that middle vote, uh, that, that moderate Democrat vote. Um, you know, we'll see where her campaign goes. I think as the field gets uh, thinner and thinner, it's going to be harder for her. But she did herself a lot of favors in the, this last debate. Um, so I think she is definitely on the rise. And I'm very curious to see um, if she continues to make these debates or not. Uh, I think Iowa is very important to her. She's practically moved to Iowa along with Kamala Harris, who we'll talk about next. But uh, yeah, um, Klobuchar can, can stick around. I'm okay with her. 
Yeah, I thought she had a really good performance too, honestly. And I'm waiting to see the Klobuchar surge, um, which I am now trademarking. Um, I thought she had a great, great night, and I think people should see more of that Klobuchar. So, um, Kamala, oh boy, Kamala. So there was this big New York Times article that I read over the weekend, and basically was some New York Times reporter got everyone in our campaign to speak on the <laughs> record from her failing campaign, and it wasn't pretty. It was not pretty. Um, lots of mismanagement, apparently, at the top. Just personalities, making wrong decisions, all that stuff. I think her campaign, and it, it actually shows, explains the picture. You know, she had that breakout first debate against Joe Biden. But, um, you know, she's she's been wishy-washy. She hasn't presented a clear plan. Her her initiatives that were hallmarks of her campaign, they, she hasn't expanded on them. She gets on the stage. She goes against Tulsi Gabbard, which I loved. But also, like, you don't understand why she's running. Um, she doesn't have a key, I think, theory of change, in my opinion, or at least from the outward debate performance she had. Um, you know, I think she could have been a really good candidate if she was more focused and, and lay on message, kind of like Pete is almost. But um, I don't think she's going to. I think she's she's made the next debate, I believe. But um, but I don't know. She needs to be, I think, on the next debate, she needs to be very focused and very... Um, people need to know why she's running again. And, and I don't think people know right now. Um, I view Kamala Harris kind of as like the Hillary Clinton of 2020 um you know i think she's she tries really hard and people don't like that she comes across as kind of fake um that's the sense that i get from her is that she's just coming across as a fake candidate which you know i kind of get um i had so much hope for harris uh and booger uh before this whole thing started but just hasn't hasn't worked out so we'll see where, where they go um Talking about hope, let's talk about Mayor Pete. Uh, Mayor Pete had a, I thought, a good debate on uh, in this last one. Um, as everyone knows, Pete is a very uh, charismatic person. He people seem to like him. Um, he's very intelligent. Uh, he carries himself well. You know, I think some of his answers haven't been the best in the last debate, but you know, he handles himself and he makes people believe what he's saying. Uh, people came at him a little bit since he is now the new front runner in Iowa, which came from nowhere. Um, but you know his, he, you know Pete is in this for the long haul. His campaign's got plenty of money. He's now polling at the top in Iowa. Um, you know I, I think the biggest thing with Pete is he has to get the African American support. Uh, and in the last debate, people knocked him a little bit when he said this when they asked him about his support, and he said, you know, I welcome the challenge. Um, and I didn't have a problem with that. I think, you know, he, he needs to, it would have been weird if he'd been like, well, what are you talking about? I have a great support with the African American community. Um, he knows that he has to work on that. He's trying to work on it. Um, you can't win the Democratic nominee if you don't have, uh, the African American vote. So we will see what happens with Pete, but, um, you know, Pete is on the up and up for sure. He is on the up and up, but I'm starting to see the backlash against Pete right now so we'll see what what happens with him but honestly if joe biden was at was like pete joe biden would be crushing the field <laughs> yeah yeah uh warren so the warren surge has seemed to dissipate she's back down to the levels i think she was at pre-surge 
in many of the states. Um, probably not actually good for her. She's still in like second or third in Iowa, but she's dropped um, to Pete in New Hampshire. I thought she did a pretty good job on the stage. I think she, this has been a pattern for her. She talks a lot in the beginning of the debate and then she kind of dissipates. But then at the end of the debate, you see that she's had the most or the second most speaking time. So it's a little weird how I think her speaking time is very front loaded. Um, but I think she needs to get back out there. I mean, I think she, there, there are criticisms against her and I think she needs to head them face on and clearly explain what she's talking about. And she's been doing that, but I think in the next debates, um, that's what's going to be the key because her and Bernie are splitting the progressive vote. So at some point, she's going to need to chat with Bernie because if one of them were just running, they would be the clear favorite probably in the field. So um, that's something to probably look out for. Yeah, you know, I think Warren has kind of, as you said, kind of dipped a little bit since, you know, her surge. Um, still definitely a front runner. So definitely someone to keep an eye on. But we'll see where she, where she goes from here. Um, Bernie. Bernie just, he's the gift that keeps on giving. He, he, he won't die. Um, not that I want Bernie Sanders to die, just to be clear. Um, but uh, Bernie just keeps on chugging along. And, you know, he's got really strong support still. He had a good debate. Uh, you know, with Bernie, you know what you're going to get. You know, top 1%, top 2%, top half of one-tenth of 1% or whatever it is. Millionaires, billionaires, corporations, revolution. You, you know all this. Um, you know, while he's a front runner, I don't think he's someone that um, is in contention for being the nominee. I just think that unless someone like a Warren drops out. Um, he and Warren are kind of splitting that vote a little bit of the progressive side. So we'll see what, what happens with Bernie, but Bernie's in this for the long haul. We know this from 2016. Bernie's not going anywhere. I don't know. I, I think you're, you're right that Bernie isn't going anywhere, but his support has been, I, I don't know. I think it's grown in my opinion. Um, there are people who are Bernie or bust, and I'm very curious on how that plays out when and if something happens to his candidacy. So, um, I mean, you're right. He had a very standard debate performance, and he probably, you know, <laughs> needs to figure that out with Warren. Um, and Biden. Biden, Biden, Biden. Biden could have this nomination wrapped up already if he, you know, just he's, I think it's his age, and I think it's just whatever he's <laughs> been doing. He's not as sharp as he was in 20, uh, 2008 or 2012. He's not the Biden that debated Paul Ryan. He doesn't, he he has really vast knowledge on stage. And you can tell he knows what he wants to say, but I don't know what happens. He either talks too fast or he gets things mixed up and it then comes out like really poor on stage. And that's why all these other candidates are starting to come in because they're, they're seeing that he almost sounds like you almost can't understand what he's saying sometimes on stage and he could have this wrapped up i mean he white working class men still like joe biden there are lots of democrats in this country not on twitter who really like joe biden he is still the prohibited favorite but honestly um he just needs to get a, his act together he just needs to again we've said this before he just needs to be crisper and he needs to show that he can win and right now on the debate stage, I couldn't, I'd be like, what are you saying, man? <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I've been telling Hills during each debate that if Biden just took a breath and just just kind of relaxed and slowed himself down, he'd be so much better, but he just can't. It's like, you know, and maybe he's just not a good debater and he's really good on the on the campaign and on the stump, but when he gets up there, maybe it's because he don't, he's only got 90 seconds or whatever, but he just he has all these ideas and he can't get them out and he can't develop this cohesive message and he has these really strong moments where like okay joe like there it is that's the joe biden from 20 from 2012 and 2008 and then these other moments when he's it's like what are you talking about joe and you know i my concern is if he doesn't clean it up and he's had plenty of time to clean it up now if he doesn't clean it up now how is he going to clean it up later and in a presidential debate i feel like trump can just kind of run with that you know, and it feeds into the whole Sleepy Joe thing. So, get it together, Biden. Come on. Get it together, Biden. No more malarkey. No more malarkey. Um, I want to talk about Bloomberg quickly um, because um, he has officially entered the, the race. And in, you know, a week, he spent about $30 million on ads, casual. Um we will not be seeing Bloomberg on the uh, debate stage, at least not unless the DNC changes their rules, which they, I don't think they will. Um, but the DNC is requiring people, if you want to make the debate stage, you have to have a certain number of voters or, or donors, right? People who donate to your campaign. Bloomberg is not taking any outside do donations. He's only using his own money. So based on that rule, Bloomberg will not be able to appear um, on the uh, debate stage, unless the DNC changes their rules, which probably isn't going to happen, or unless Bloomberg starts taking outside donations from donors, which also won't happen. So we'll see what happens with Bloomberg. If he ends up getting high high enough in the uh, debates or in the polls, then people may want to see him in the debate, and we'll see what happens. But uh, Bloomberg will not, at least right now, be in any of the, of the debates. So don't look for him. Be like, where is he? He's not there. That he's not allowed. He's not meeting the criteria, which is why he shouldn't run in the first place. But um, I didn't know that. Um, that is a yeah. really mm -hmm. hot take. Well, good take. Not a hot take. It's a good take. Um, <laughs> uh, that is also. I didn't know that. That is so interesting. Yeah. Um, look at that. You can now share it at your at your holiday parties. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> be the coolest the one race. at the party <laughs> be the coolest person at the party be like hey you know that Bloomberg person he can't meet he, he won't be in the debates and here's <laughs> why uh, and then have no friends um, just kidding uh, <laughs> alright so state of the race we got people who are up down and we don't know where they are <laughs> um, people who are up as we said Biden is up despite his uh, poor debate performances he's still the Overall favorite, uh, he's still up in all the national polls. Biden is up. Bernie, as we said, swell support. Bernie is up. Mayor Pete did not come down after the last debate, so Mayor Pete is up. Warren is still up there. She's still, you know, close in a lot of places, so she's still up there. And Amy Klobuchar is also on the rise. Uh, those are the five candidates we think are on the rise, doing well, going to be in this race for the long haul. Uh, Hills, any final thoughts on Biden, Bernie, Pete, Warren, or Klobuchar? Um, just a few. Uh, you know, noticeably, they are all white. Um, you know, all the, the other candidates who are not doing well are non, 
uh, who we do, who we think are not white. Um, not yeah, actually, <laughs> um, I think I mean, but the polls are showing it. The polls are showing that. Um, I mean, those five people are probably going to be one of the candidates. Uh, that one of the no- they're probably going to be one of the nominees. So, um, yeah, I think they're all doing fairly well right now, and they're all really maybe not Klobuchar exactly in the polling, but they were. I think they're well positioned in each of the early states and you know they'll be with us for the long haul yeah and while they're not of color you you do see a huge difference in who they are you've got an old guy you've got a socialist you've got a young gay mayor two two women you know both white but from different parts so there is some uh you know diversity but it is odd that they are all white people uh who's down who's not doing well uh, Kamala Harris is not doing well. As we've talked about with her campaign, uh, she has to get together. Uh, Booker is not doing well. Um, you know, his with his campaign and his need for money. Uh, Julian Castro uh, was, um, he was not at the debate. He, he and Beto O'Rourke were people who, who did not make the last, who were at the last debate, but then were not in this most recent one. Um, you know, Castro is really struggling right now. Um, he Castro is not positioned at all to make the, the December debate. He's got about 13 days to figure it out. Uh, you know, Castro is probably done if he doesn't make this next debate. Uh, and Yang, the Yang gang, still a struggle with the Yang gang. You know, they're in the debate and he's he's made it this far, which is incredible, but he's not going any further. Um, Hills, any final notes about Kamala Booker, Castro, or Yang? Thank God Castro is down. He did he did himself a, such a disservice by his debate performance a couple of months ago, attacking Joe Biden for his for his age and having using a Republican talking point. I mean, like he should be there. Um, you know, Yang Yang Gang folks will disagree with us, but the polling unless he unless the polling is dead wrong, he's not he's not catching fire. So. Um, yeah, I mean, we those are on the downturn campaigns. I think it's starting to really show you have those five that we just talked about, and then you have like the tiers that are splitting even more dramatically as we get closer and closer to primary dates. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, um, <laughs> we are unsure about. Uh, basically, everyone we, that we did not name, along with Bloomberg and uh, Steyer. It just, you know, we just don't know. Uh, I, if you told me Tom Steyer was going to make the debate, I would have called you crazy. If you told me Bloomberg was going to enter this debate, I would have called you crazy, especially after he came out against Howard Schultz and said, you know, you can't win this party, blah, blah, blah. I have no idea where they are. Um, only time and polling data will show. Yeah, I think so. the, the two things that set them apart from the other people we haven't talked about, who Marianne Williamson, I think, is still running. <laughs> She girlfriend um yes girlfriend you are so hey, you are so long um i think it's because they have billions i'm not just not millions they have billions of personal billions. fortune billions i mean they, they do and that's what sets them apart from all the other people they can do things that other people can't do so uh you're right josh if we would have thought both of them would have entered this democratic primary um so we're not sure we're not sure bloomberg just entered Steyer is relatively early so we have to see where they go but they're they're not necessarily up but they're not necessarily down i will end this entree by saying there are 18 people who are running for uh for the democratic nomination people who we have not talked about at all i'll give you their names michael bennett is still in the race steve bullock is still in the race 
John Delaney is still in the race. We did mention Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, Joe Sestak is still in the race. Uh, Marianne Williamson is still in the race. And Deval Patrick uh, is still in the race. So those people, along with people who uh, who uh, we already talked about, and Hill's a little trip down memory lane, people who were in the in the debate but or were in the race but have since dropped. Uh, Bill de Blasio, remember he was in the race? Oh, for about <coughs> two days, right? <laughs> uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, she was in the race. Um, oh, man, I Mike, forgot about her. <laughs> Mike Gravel, he was in the race. Uh, John Hickenlooper, he was in the race. Uh, Jay Inslee, he was in the race. Uh, Seth Moulton, he was in the race. Tim Ryan, he was in the race. Uh, Beto O'Rourke, he was in the race. And uh, Eric Swalwell, he was in the race. He was my favorite so, one because he he literally <laughs> was doing it for no other reason than to make himself better. Yep. Um, so anyways, uh, that's where we are and where we were. So uh, I'm very excited about this side dish uh, that we have coming up. A little new segment. Uh, if you don't know what side dish is, we, we did it last week and it is coming up next all right here is your side dish so side dish is new we did it last week the feedback was tremendous and we decided to do it again so the side dish is i'm going to use three minutes to talk about an item and hills is going to decide if this stays on the menu or, you know, do we want to hear more about this or less about this? Uh, so our side dish today is Hunter Biden. Um, Wait, I'm going to... As Hill said... I have to time you, Josh. <laughs> I have to time you. You, you do. You do. As, as Hill said beforehand, if you have uh, small children in, in the car or podcast with you, maybe, you know, skip this little section and maybe cover their... Or maybe ask them to leave because it, it gets pretty uh, pretty intense. Um, so Hills, whenever you're ready, tell me to go and we'll start our three minutes. Three, two, one, go. Okay. So Hunter Biden, what has he been up to? Hunter Biden is Joe Biden's son. Uh, and he has come back into the public eye recently, uh, and not in the best way. So this all started when he was on the board of Ukraine's largest natural gas producer, uh, Burisma. And he made a ton of money. And when this whole Ukraine thing came up, people were like, oh, well, it's weird that Joe Biden's son is on this board when he has no qualifications, which is true. He had no qualifications uh, to be on on that board. And no one thinks Joe Biden did anything wrong with that. At least no sane person does. The GOP will have you believe otherwise. But it is weird that Hunter Biden came up um, as being on the board uh, of this, you know, Burisma Ukraine company. So that was weird. Then he, had, then this story came out uh, that he cheated on his current wife, and they are married. Uh, they have sep- they're separated, but they're still married. They have not uh, had the divorce papers, uh, you know, go through yet. So he's still married to his wife. He was cheating on his wife with Bo Biden's widow. So Bo Biden, Joe Biden's other son, um, who, you know, tragically was, you know, lost his life uh, a couple years ago. Um, 
Hunter Biden is cheating on his wife with his brother's wife, which is all kinds of messed up. Um, then they they separated. So they they were they were they, they, they were they were together for like two years or something. I mean, it's just it's not great. Uh, and then it came out a couple of days ago that he was accused of smoking crack in a VIP strip club in D.C. Um, Hunter Biden has had a long past with substance abuse and all things of that nature. Uh, and then just recently, as of a couple days ago, he was accused that he secretly fathered a child with a woman in Arkansas and has been trying to not pay uh, child support, has been trying to hush her up. Um, there's still a lot unclear with that story, and I'm sure more stuff will come out. But uh, Hunter Biden, head of Burisma, cheated on his brother's wife after his brother passed, smoking crack in a strip club, and maybe secretly fathering a child of woman in Arkansas. Uh, that is Hunter Biden, and that is your side dish. And you are... Oh, I'm stopping that. You, are, you had 23 seconds left. So you are, you are oh, good. Man. You are good. Wow. Wow. <laughs> man. Uh, and, and his father is running for president. Hey. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, and his father might not be winning the president, and his father was Vice President Obama. <sighs> wow. Um, he cheated on his wife with the widow of his brother, who he loved. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Um, uh, all right, I've made a decision. I, w- I want to see more of this. <laughs> Oh, I want to see more of this just because, not because of the, the content, but just because, so two things. I think this is so messed up, but also so dark funny that, like, it just is not just like he dated his brother's widow, um, right? It's not just that. <laughs> he also smoked, doing drugs in a VIP strip club while married. He's also fathering a child with someone he doesn't like someone who definitely he cheated on another person with because he fathered a child with this another woman. Like it's just so messed up that I kind of can't stop watching. Um and um and also it probably will tie into whatever Joe does. Like this stuff is going to come out into like the mainstream at some point, not just on the tabloids. So boy, um you didn't know this before, but now you know how screwed up Hunter Biden is. There you go. Uh, so that was your side dish. Let us know what you think. And the dessert is coming up next. All right, dessert time. You made it through the meal, and now we have a fun dessert for you. So we thought it would be... Uh, a really good exercise to talk about the vice presidents for all the candidates, um, the top candidates who have made the December debates. Um, so these are not all of them, um, but we're going to go through some potential VP choices. So maybe you're not caught off guard when they choose someone weird. So Biden, Biden came out, uh, was it last week or two weeks ago, that he identified four potential woman VP candidates. They are Stacey Abrams, who was the former Speaker of the House of Georgia, ran for governor in 2018, but lost because the current governor stole votes and et cetera. Um, she's a very intelligent woman. She runs um, a voter right orga- voters' rights organization that is kicking butt. She's amazing. 
Um, she's also a woman of color too, which um, you know uh, could help him in the general. But uh, she's intelligent and amazing. Um, there's Sally Yates, who was former. She was a former top official in the Justice Department. She was big in the first beginning of the Trump presidency for not firing somebody. I forgot the details. <laughs> forgive, forgive me. Um, Janine Shaheen, who is the current senior senator from New Hampshire. She's been there for a while. Um, I don't really know if she excites anyone. And then Maggie Hassan, which was the former governor of New Hampshire and current senator from New Hampshire as well. Um, uh, quickly, I don't think I think Stacey Abrams could be a good pick. I'm not really sure if any one of these particularly helps him strategically other than Stacey. But um, I think he's going the right direction by thinking about what, which woman he could be choosing. Um, and I think he should probably be choosing um, a woman who has a very big visibility. I said to my, I said to everybody, I think he'll choose Kamala. I think that might actually be a really good pick, um, choosing Kamala, who already has name recognition already. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I think I think that that makes sense. He, I think he needs a woman, um, perfectly a woman of color to help him. Um, next up, Bernie, Bernie for VP. So we don't, I don't have anyone, any specific person in mind for Bernie. I just know he needs someone younger, uh, someone who's more moderate. Uh, Pete Buttigieg comes to mind. Cory Booker. Oh my God! Can you imagine? <laughs> Cory Booker comes to mind. Um, maybe someone who's even not one of the nominees right now, but Bernie needs to, uh, ease those, uh, moderate Democrats and, uh, that he won't just be, you know, some crazy socialist. Um, so we'll see what happens with, with Bernie, but he needs a younger, uh, more moderate pick. Uh, Bernie Buttigieg, don't sleep on it, Hills. Yeah. I mean, that could be a, that could be a powerhouse ticket. Really I agree with you. I think. I think he'll probably also end up um, needing someone of color as well. Um, I don't think Julian Castro is one of them. Um, you know, he's an old white guy, so you need to balance that out with someone maybe from the West um, who is uh, slightly more moderate and, um, you know, can balance you out. Warren, I think some of her, a lot of it's very similar to Bernie. I think she needs someone who is moderate, but not like, not like, will go against her agenda moderate. I think she needs someone who's maybe slightly younger. She probably needs a male on her ticket. Not that I have anything against a all-woman ticket. I just think 2019 is what it is. So uh, I think I think if you want to win, you got to choose something. I think uh, people, uh, I think you probably need a male on your VP side. Um, and you need someone who's slightly more moderate. Could be Bullock. Um, he's pretty moderate, though. He's fairly moderate. Um, but you need someone who will like balance her out a little bit. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, Mayor Pete is next. Mayor Pete's tough because Mayor Pete, he needs someone who's older, who has more experience. Uh, he also needs someone who is, uh, you know, going to bring home the African-American vote if he can't make inroads there. So it points to one person and it's Biden. I know. Oh my I'm god! Just kidding. I'm I just was. Kidding. I thought you were going to say Obama. I'm just kidding. Um, no, he needs someone with experience. He needs someone who will bring home the African American vote. Could be Cory Booker. Could be Kamala. Um, you know, could even be someone like Deval Patrick. I, you, you just need somebody who is going to bring home the African American vote and who can, kind of like Obama did, can shore up this 
uh, idea that he doesn't have any experience. Can Idris Elba play oh a my very God. long-time politician and be his VP? I'd vote for Idris. I mean, <laughs> over... Buttigieg, no, he... Idris. There it is. Idris Elba. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. And I think Obama has had this playbook before. I mean, he, he did this exact same thing. So um, I think you're exactly right on choosing someone older and someone who's going to court, uh, who's going to drive out African-American turnout because that will decide the election, honestly. Kamala. Um, Kamala needs to probably choose someone, doesn't need to be older or younger, but needs to excite people. It needs to get people out. I mean, she's an exciting candidate herself, but she's got this prosecutorial part. I mean, I think she probably needs someone a little bit more either progressive or that's going to really drive people out to vote. Um, I mean, currently she's not presented that argument, but she needs someone who needs to like really excite people. Could be someone already running. Could be Bernie. Yeah. You know, could be Bernie. Could be Warren. Um, could be Pete as well. I think that could be a really strong ticket, to be honest with you. Yeah. Come on with Pete. Uh, the last person is Klobuchar. Um, everything that Hill said for Warren is basically a ditto for Klobuchar. She probably needs a male, uh, you know, just to, you know, um, I, don't, I don't think the United States is ready uh, just for a full female, uh, like, only ticket. I'm ready. Hills is ready, but I don't think America is ready. Um, she needs someone who's going to be more progressive. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know who this person is, but, um, I think she needs male, more progressive, uh, maybe someone from the East or West coast. I don't have a specific person in mind. Um, I don't know if you do Hills, but that's my take on, uh, Klobuchar. I have, uh, someone in mind. Oh, who is it? Pete Buttigieg. Oh man, he's the VP for everybody. He's the VP for everybody. I'm not sure that that, that, that ticket is liberal enough, but um, it's, um, it's I a think strong it could, Yeah, I think honestly, I mean, she, Cory Booker could be one of them. Um, she's she's a she's an older white woman from the Midwest, so she needs someone from the coasts who will excite people of color, who will excite maybe younger progressive voters. Um, so that, that's kind of the profile that you have to, you, Stacey Abrams could be good. Um, yeah. yeah, Um, you know, glaring, a theme of that, of this is that there's a glaring lack of people of color (laughs) who are in office right now. And that probably needs to change. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, those are the types of profile I think Klobuchar needs. Yeah. And that was your debate. Uh, coming up next is the answer to your pre-dinner shot. So, uh, stick around. Okay, here it is. The answer to your pre-dinner shot you've been waiting for. You didn't want to Google it because you knew I was going to give you the answer. So here it is. The question, once again, for those of you that may have forgotten, was who was the last president to lose both the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary and still go on to be the nominee for their party? This person is a Democrat. And the answer is Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton did not win the Iowa caucus or the New Hampshire primary, but still was the nominee for the the Democrats. Back in 1992, Tom Harkin won the Iowa caucus because he was a senator from Iowa. And Paul Sangas was a senator from Massachusetts, and he won the New Hampshire primary. Bill Clinton came in second in New Hampshire. 
uh, and would uh, and actually I was looking at it. He didn't win for a while. Uh, they had a different format um, than we do now, but uh, he didn't win for a while. But he had a big comeback in uh, in New Hampshire. Came in second in New Hampshire, and uh, he branded himself as the comeback kid because uh, he came all the way back and won the nominee and built got his uh, he hit his stride at the right time and was the nominee. So Bill Clinton was the last candidate to not win the Iowa caucus or the New Hampshire primary and still be the nominee. If uh, Joe Biden is the nominee and doesn't win in Iowa or New Hampshire, that could be a second time. So what would you call Joe Biden? He can't be the comeback kid, the comeback boomer. He'll be the got his shit together kid. <laughs> got this, yeah, man, I got this answer wrong three times. Um, because I thought Bill Clinton won New Hampshire. So this was a very good question. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I was looking through to see, uh, let's see, Hills, Hills told me when, when I asked him this question, Hills first went with uh, Humphreys. Then he went with Dukakis. Then he said Clinton won New Hampshire. So JFK. So <laughs> those were <laughs> Hills' answers. And I corrected him and said Clinton lost New Hampshire. So don't be like me. <laughs> Get it right. Uh, wonderful. Wonderful. So uh, we're at the end of the episode. But before you go, we have a few important things to let you know about. The intro and the outro music is by Brett Hillsberg. We got him working on more content for us and you'll hear it soon. Um, if you enjoy, please subscribe to, um, on wherever you're listening. It really, really helps. Leave us a review. We love reviews only if they're good. Um, Tell your friends to listen. If you really like it and you can tell at least one person to take a listen, um, that'd be great. If you want to share it on Facebook or wherever you, you like to go on social media, that'd be wonderful too. If you want to donate to us, you can go to the info section on the episode that you're listening to. And if you have any questions, you can email us at threecoursepolitics at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back again soon with another episode for you. Thanks, everybody. See you later.